guys. Welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. Oh, did I scare you? No? Okay. Hi. Um, my name is Ian. This is Paul Damien. And this is Kenny. And this week we're talking about Uncanny X-Force by Rick Remender, along with Jerome Openya, uh, Isad Ribic, and Billy Tan. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are talking about the first uh, 10 issues or so. Um, right off the bat, I noticed that 5.1 is written up on the board. Yeah. I didn't read that one. Oh, okay. I barely did. Um, so it's totally fine. So I didn't read 5.1, and Paul Damien, you didn't read 5. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I guess I'm the good one who read pretty much everything. I kind I skimmed through 5.1 because okay. uh, me and Ian, we'd both read this yes. before. Yeah. Right. This was something we were, and this was like real early in my comic book career yeah. personally this was like one of the first marvel stories i read and well this like is something yeah entirety, we exactly yeah. where we actually read consistently all the way through um i wanted to talk about that for a second because yeah i mean we read this like seven six seven years ago and we it's loved it and i feel like the reason why we were able to read it and pound through it so quickly was uh at the time i was unemployed (laughs) (laughs) and so now that i am very much full-time job man over here i mean we all are Mm -hmm. we're all grown-ups now um i'm a big (laughs) um i just feel like uh this was much more dense than i ever remember it being i agree no i the i didn't Y'all made it seem like it was not going to be when I suggested <laughs> that we read X Men. You're like, this one's not bad. Yeah, and it's not, and it's not bad. And yeah. I, but I agree with yeah. him that I, it was it was denser than I mm. equally remembered, and it required a little bit more like foreknowledge of like some of the X, you know, the mm. team, the yes. players that we get to see in this. Uh, even more so, the antagonists we get that right. we kind of got to meet throughout all of this. I feel like you kind of needed to know who you were messing with to really yeah. understand what was going on you know we see um uh, what's his name fuck um the shadow king i was trying to oh, think his right. real name right. yeah uh, you know and that's someone that if you've ever seen the show legion you know mm-hmm. is, is a little bit more you know relevant to you but you know is not the biggest you know right. x-men villain for anybody who doesn't hasn't read a lot had, of, had a you lot seen X-Men. legion before? i literally saw the first two episodes and it was just so hard to keep up with dude same yeah. No, don't worry. The f- yeah, that, that is the probably but the most pretentious thing that I remember. Uh, Marvel's ever put out there. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, I remember when there was that creepy like mole man in the like dreamscape, and I was like, "Dude, I bet you anything is the Shadow King." And you're like, "Maybe that Amal would make Farouk. sense." Yeah. yeah, okay, that's his name. You're like, "Maybe that would make sense." And then like, I think the last episode of the first season is like, "I am the Shadow King" or something. Yeah, and you're like, no, "Dude, absolutely. you totally called it." <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um that's funny uh but no yeah yeah there is the shadow king in the tail end of Mm -hmm. these 10 issues but um we read kind of three arcs Mm -hmm. within these 10 issues which which, is crazy yeah i thought it was kind of interesting and we got like an artist lost the whole time (laughs) yeah we got a new artist uh every arc pretty much um the the opening jerome openya for the whole like hunt of apocalypse arc i want a boy a boy for sure i really um, enjoyed that arc yeah mm-hmm. that arc mm-hmm. i feel like is the perfect hook to this book it's mm-hmm. like this fucking badass black and white or black and gray like costume schemed team trying to hunt apocalypse and then you find out at the end of the first issue oh he's reborn apocalypse he's still a little boy mm-hmm. um i thought that was yeah well and i like that this comic book is very straight out the gate of like these are this is not the x-men this is a assassin team you know this is a hit Mm. team we kill people that's our whole mission we do the things that Uh, the x-men can't do (laughs) Uh, and there you there's that grittiness to the art that Mm -hmm. that adds to that you know you feel it from the beginning and i think having deadpool kind of be the opening character to that whole introductory part (laughs) gives us that that uh understanding like okay this is going to be a violent ride we're going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Uh, and so i i love i mean to to pick it back up again i really did re enjoy this read i forgot how much it does jump around you know and how mm-hmm. many cr- different arcs were kind of throughout this full 35 uh, or so issues this full team's run you know yeah. i kind of mm-hmm. thought it was stayed focused more on what we know you know moving mm-hmm. forward is like the more relevant uh story points i don't want to talk on it too too much because if we're you know we are going to be going into this yeah next again, week next we're going to be picking this up we're going to be continuing mm-hmm. so that's going to be awesome and i think you're going to get if you know if, you know some stuff you really enjoy 
moving well, forward into this, Paul Damien, you know? Well, before we actually continue, I do want to backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, give me a rundown of what exactly happened before these events, because I understand that there was, they did have a fight with Apocalypse, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and so. Archangel and Storm was one of the, weren't they um, horsemen? Like, horsemen, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think even Gambit was at one point, mm-hmm. and even okay. Wolverine, but that was in an alternate universe. Okay. The reason why um, Archangel has the Death Seed in him was way back in the 80s, or maybe late 80s, early 90s, where... Um, they go up against Apocalypse, but it's X-Factor, and it's the original five X-Men, but they're not the X-Men team anymore. They're off on their own while X-Men is still being written by Chris Claremont, and he's introducing, you know, all kinds of characters left and right, like Rogue and, yeah. right. you know, okay. Kitty Pride and shit like that. Um, but anyway, so Archangel probably, I don't know the full story, but I, from what I understand, Archangel, like, kid, or no, Apocalypse kidnapped Angel, made him Archangel, as if he were to be like one of his horsemen. Mm -hmm. And then that's why it still lives within him. But it kind of gets purged, and then it comes back, and then it gets purged. And it's just this whole thing where it's like, whether the writer wants him to be Archangel or not, not. (laughs) he'll be Archangel or not. Fair Uh, enough. He'll um, have that demon accessible or not. (laughs) Right, exactly. But in the 90s, the Age of Apocalypse storyline happened, and that's where suddenly all the X-Men books stopped being in the main 616 universe and we're now suddenly in this alternate uh, like apocalypse world where Professor Xavier died young and he never was able to make his X-Men and Apocalypse took over the fucking world. Nice. And so, yeah, so that's where we get Dark Beast at the end of this story is he's from that universe. Which is sick. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. And But Archangel has nothing to do with that shit. You know what I mean? So that's Mm -hmm. why it's kind of cool where Rick Remender is finally like, hey, what if we brought Apocalypse back in this universe, but we had it tied so heavily to the alternate universe? Yeah, to the Age of Apocalypse universe. And so that's why we're literally going to the Age of Apocalypse universe in the next few issues. Um, But we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I guess the players that we know, our team in this book, for anyone who hasn't read this that is still listening, is Archangel, Wolverine, Deadpool, Psylocke, all those names are pretty familiar if you've watched most of the X-Men movies. Mm. And then Phantom X, which is... Our boy. <laughs> well, yeah. Phantom X is badass. I just <laughs> know nothing about him. Exactly. I'm so glad you love him, dude. I fucking so, love Phantom Jean X. Jean-Philippe. Yeah, Jean-Philippe. Um, so he is Weapon Infinity? No, mm-hmm. the Deathlock program was supposed to be yeah, Weapon, Infinity. Weapon Infinity. He's Weapon 15. Okay. And so where, we- where Weapon X is Weapon 10... Wolverine, you know, yeah. Yeah. they kept making more fuckers and then eventually yeah. Jean-Philippe. Um, and Weapon X is all built off of the backbone of trying to recreate the super soldier idea. Mm-hmm. Not even exactly the serum, but just the idea of having this perfect weapon that they can... Let's all pop. Do you? Are you already popped? Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Locked and dropped. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you do have a soda pop. But, but he's, he's still, oh, he's still yeah. Okay, fine. You just Here, open I'll, your other store. I'll help right you finish now. the coke right now. <laughs> yeah, pass it. I'm just kidding. Chill <laughs> out. So yeah, no, I think you're right that he's weapon 15, 15 though. Yeah. And uh, one thing that you were helping me clarify off cast that I, you know, that makes so mm-hmm. much sense is we obviously see that he has the ability to like shrink and enlarge and shrink things. Yeah. What are your, his exact powers? Well, so, see, and that's an actual tool that he's. They yeah, mentioned he yeah. stole from Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but he, that's how he has, I guess, multiple brains. Is yeah. it through that, that he, well, it was has... through experimentation. So they call also call him Charlie cluster seven cause he has seven brains. So he has mm. seven small brains that fit inside of his single skull cause they've been shrunk down even though they're like super human yeah. smart. You know what I mean? Gotcha. They're like super brains yeah. that have all been compacted together into one person. And so he even has like multiple personas, but his main, his mutant power is the, he has like um, what is the what is the word psychological like he can do pheromones is that what it was yeah but what is the he word can make, they like use? perfect illusions yeah it's, oh, he's yeah. An essentially an illusionist exactly yeah. he can make you see what he wants you to see versus the reality of the situation and he mm-hmm. uses it super clever throughout this entire comic book and i 
think they do such a good job of not making it confusing mm-hmm. anytime it is happening. Mm-hmm. Anytime it does happen, they do a pretty good job of being of everyone being like, "Oh my god, we just got tricked." You know what yeah. I mean? You're like, "Oh, okay, that was an illusion." You know? <laughs> yeah, and, no, they. I I loved it every mm-hmm. time it happened, um, and I would actually describe his type of illusion as like a like I said, like a perfect illusion mm-hmm. because it seems to fool. Every Everybody, one of your no senses. No matter what. Yeah. <laughs> well, every one of your senses. Oh, true. Yeah. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like your sight, smell, taste, touch, everything. And yeah. it can fool multiple people and mm-hmm. only the people he wants to fool. So, exactly. I mean, that's pretty, that's a pretty tricky, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, Maybe he can only do seven people at a time. I'm just kidding. For each brain. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that builds up our team. And the reason this team exists is because Cyclops doesn't want what happened to um fuck i forget the island it might be utopia but it might be the other island beforehand mm-hmm. where at the beginning of grant morrison's run they send like a fuck ton of sentinels to this one island and it, they just massacre every mutant on it that's where uh negasonic teenage warhead comes from she's literally in like three panels of one issue and oh. she's on that island that gets demolished. And the reason why the Deadpool guys liked or put her in the movies is because her name's badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so Cyclops is paranoid about anything Everything. like that ever happening again. So he asked Wolverine to put together this team mm-hmm. of who he thinks would be the perfect strike team to take down any huge threats to mutant kind before they actually happen. Yeah, yeah. before they come to fruition. You know? Yeah. In the other X-Men book going on at the same time, I believe there's an issue where Magneto finds out about this team and he's pissed that Scott would do this. He'd yeah. be like, I'd expect me to do this, but you, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to be good, Scott, or Magneto. And so he, like, gives Scott a hard time, and then that's why we have, like, issue nine or mm-hmm. whatever. It is issue where, nine. We'll talk about that one later. Yeah, where Magneto finally is like, all right, I'll, I'll give I'll this team. I'll lean into this team. Yeah, I'll give this <laughs> yeah. team a shot. Because, like, issue nine, I, I want to touch on, but I want to give it its own. Yeah, for sure. Conversation. You know? We'll talk about that it after is yeah. the break. It is probably the biggest standalone issue we got mm-hmm. in this, for first, sure. this first ten. Um, but yeah, so that's the consensus of this, or the concession. How the, we got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why we're here. Um, so obviously, well, apocalypse- something had happened to X-Force, the previous X-Force, yeah. right? Yeah, there was a previous X-Force with like... Uh, I think it was Scott running the show, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, but X-23 was on the team, and Warbird, and Domino, mm-hmm. but I never read that run. So, so, the, oh, okay. so the Cable team is Fair after, enough. like when Cable take, yeah, takes cable, over the Yeah, Cable's before and after and this. And after this. Yeah. But he wasn't on the X-Force right before this with Time X-Force travel, and man. shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, but, you know, obviously Apocalypse yeah. being one of the biggest threats to mutant kind, mm-hmm. you know, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a weird thing to say because he's also like trying to liberate mutant kind. Yeah. So it's like, is he a threat to them or humanity? And I think he's a threat to how humanity will take human or yeah, mutant the, kind. Yeah, the balance of all things mm-hmm. is really what it is. So he's such a focal point throughout this whole yeah. thing is what i'm gonna you know kind of let you know um but it's i think that's such a crazy morality thing we get to play with in those first few issues of like you know once they finally do realize it's a boy you know it's yeah. like do we kill him and i you know i think that's what makes that that first little arc probably the most powerful that we read yeah. out of these you know um in the sense of like sitting down and be like dang what would you do in that situation you know you know he's the biggest threat to everything do you do you take the shot or do you do you go the route that they want which is to like do raise him right you know attempt yeah. to raise him right and hope that the things that he's already been planted in him don't come to fruition themselves well, that's kind of like i i literally heard this the other day um like killing it, baby hitler yes <laughs> it's like going back in time <laughs> and, and going to and kill God, baby it. hitler uh-huh. and you go to kill baby hitler and everybody freaks out and you're like don't worry He's going to be evil in the future. <laughs> to them, you're just a baby killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you can't 
You can't. You can't play that, that game. Yeah, you yeah. can't play that game. I'd kill like twenty-three-year-old Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Before he like really got there, but he was obviously a dick. You know? like by this time, he's already fucked up. So people were like, "That guy's an asshole. Exactly. Somebody should kill him." You, <laughs> that would be a good story. Is like someone who's trying desperately to uncover all of Hitler's life before he was like known <laughs> and trying to find out what was the first real criminal thing he did yeah, like where did the evil really take and root? so it's like it's like oh he killed like a like seven cats in his neighborhood <laughs> in, when he was 17 and so it's like okay that's when i'll kill him yeah. you know what i mean like <laughs> it would also be interesting like a good story what? somebody going back in time to like try to make hitler a better person but like <laughs> they go back cool. they go back to every instance where he starts to become a shitty person and uh -huh. they go and try to fix him yeah. and then they keep going to the future only to realize that they just made it worse <laughs> and so like they keep trying to fix it yeah and dude that's what uh that'd be a funny movie spoiler alert that's what uh 11 what is it Eleven twenty-seven sixty-three? the stephen king book uh -huh. yeah that's pretty much what that's about but with lee harvey oswald instead <laughs> yeah no I've, I've i've watched the show oh you watched the show yeah i watched it on uh Hulu. was it good yeah it was pretty good i oh, mean oh i read the book and i was the like last, the last episode was like oh, oh yeah okay. it was pretty good i read the book and i was like oh it's pretty good i don't think i want to watch the show <laughs> <laughs> like i haven't I would, experienced it at all it it was cool mm -hmm. to watch it, but I don't think there's any reason to watch it. It was all like, covered in one season. Won't get anything out of it? Yeah. Yeah, there mm -hmm. it didn't leave any cliffhangers or anything. Nope. That's interesting. Uh, you don't. I don't think it did. You don't hear about that often, where a streaming service is willing to do one season Limited of series. a show. Like HBO was mad that Watchmen didn't get a second season because David Lindelof was like, "Nah, homie, I'm not touching it again. That's I. I might drop that at the perfect moment." You, you heard know? about why the last man? Yeah. Well, I mean, Brian K. Vaughn's trying to find a new I mean, exactly. Now they're having to fight for it, which mm -hmm. I thought was pretty crazy. And that's a huge bummer because, I mean, that's such a that's got to be such a big story that there's no way that oh, a couple no. of seasons could have covered. So I can only imagine how much that would be leaving it in such an incomplete place if yeah, it doesn't sure. get a new home soon. Yeah, so. it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that why the last man gets canceled because I think Hulu's just not a perfect place to put something with such a. Um, I don't think FX was the platform. Well, it, it is Hulu. It is FX yeah, on, Hulu. on Hulu. And so, like, I don't even think it showed up on FX on the television. You know what I mean? Um, anyway. Yeah, would you guys kill F Apocalypse as F a baby? I would I would have shot the hell out of Apocaboy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the horsemen real quick. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, these four characters sure. that they introduce, like, a page per yeah we get like a little story for each character of them. i thought that was cool mm -hmm. i fucking loved it yeah i love that's that's why i love this book so much is because it takes the time to do weird shit like that yeah um there's like jeb the drummer from the fucking civil war yeah where he's a traitor and then he comes back accidentally in his union uniform to the confederate and so they kill him <laughs> And or they, they kill his family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he kills them. Yeah. Because his mutant powers on. Oh, fucking yeah. Decimus, the fucking war gladiator, freaking right? bull-headed god man. Yeah. Minotaur it looks man. so dope. And then what's her name? It is... Ichi... Ichisumi? Ichisumi. Yeah. Who is horrifying in yep. every single way possible. I think every page where she actually uses her power is probably my least favorite part of this comic because I'm <laughs> <Yes>. like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, when they were like covering Wolverine. Yep. Dude, they just take their liberties with him. They're like, he can heal from anything, so let's do everything. <laughs> and then Sanjar Javid yeah. is death, which is also a crazy power and pretty Dude. much the perfect counter to Wolverine, considering yeah. it requires which him is, using metal to... It's weird that he's death when that's obviously like a pestilence power, but so, whatever. So, yeah, who who is who? So, war I mean, is Decimus. Yes, and mm. then uh, plague is... Is Ichisumi. It's Ichisumi, and then famine is... Is uh, Jeb? The drummer. Jeb, yeah. yeah. Huh. And then death is... So what does famine mean? Well, I would compare... Like, I, mean, I would compare... I can understand comparing pestilence to insects versus, like, disease to just death. You know what I mean? Because pestilence yeah. would usually have, like... Well, I thought like, pestilence like rocks, was more, know? more like, disease and stuff. No, I, pestilence I is... is like, uh, let's look up the def definition of pestilence. I but, think you're right. It is disease, but I think like in like a rotting Maybe it's more like way. natural. Yeah. Like, like yeah. fleshy kind of like rot. You know, like leprosy mm. is what I would, you know, It's consider. bubonic. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like melting flesh kind gotcha. of shit. You know, boils and, you know, that's like... Because like so. he... 
he was suffering from like strokes and shit. Wolverine when he was going up against death. So it was like disease of all kinds, you know what I mean? And so it's just, I think that that's a really cool idea. Um, these, these are like his final horsemen is what he calls Mm -hmm. them. And it's like his contingency. It's like his super team. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like when I die and I need to be resurrected, you resurrect these motherfuckers, you know, they they must've been kept in like some sort of like stasis pod or something. I figured somebody went back in time to get them. Or don't they like crawl out of the moon or something? (laughs) (laughs) So they're part of that ship. Mm -hmm. That ship is like, um, it's a celestial ship that was built for apocalypse. It's the mm-hmm. little old lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she probably had them all in stasis and she, well, the, she is like a fucking, like a, AI. A, an AI yeah. for the ship. We can call her. Yeah. She, I mean, yeah, she's a lady, a little cute well, little ships, lady. Yeah. Ships are usually named after women. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's call her, um, Betsy. Well, Betsy, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Betsy too, but I was like, no, it can't be that one. Um, (laughs) Let's just call her. Let's call her Fran. Rose. Oh, Fran. Fran's good. I like Fran. Fran Rose. (laughs) So Fran, the apocalypse ship. Yeah. She probably had all these like shitheads on a fucking. All these ship heads. In like like, cryo sleep or something. And apocalypse probably, we see him like collecting them. He's Mm -hmm. like, collect them, you know? And so I thought that that was pretty cool. We see old Apocalypse collecting him, collecting all of his horsemen for when he knows he might die. You yeah. know, I thought that was. They're like a contingency plan. Mm-hmm. And like in, I think it's cool to see him like picking out like a super team like that. Yeah. Exactly. Versus just kind of like selecting whoever's around and convenient, yeah. which is what tends to happen a lot of mm-hmm. times. And that's how I think, you know, like once again, Wolverine or some of the Gambit, those, and yeah. Gambit would have become horsemen just through like convenience. Like you're a mutant. Boop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine now. <laughs> um, so yeah, we—that's what the whole first arc is about—is uh, the X Force going. Oh, how did you feel about Eva? Fucking the uh, ship, Phantom yeah. X's ship. Phantom X's ship. That's his nervous system. I was gonna say it's part of him, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, and so it can shrink and grow, and so he just expands it out of himself whenever they need to fly around. There's a part where he's riding on it like a glider, mm-hmm. like a fucking like a. His powers a green are goblin. insane. So, yeah, I know. He's a crazy the, person. So, like, every time his ship gets damaged, he's like... He feels it. He mm-hmm. feels it? Yeah. And that's why they mentioned having to, like, detach him from it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? In order to there's stop a part, him from being all fucked up. You know? Spoiler alert. So later, he, there's a part where they literally have to make it itself... Make it a different thing than him because it's hurting him so much. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get there in the next eight issues. What's it called? Um, so that's that's weird because there's a part where he gives Wolverine his ship. Mm-hmm. And Wolverine leaves. And so he's just completely detached from it, from his nervous <laughs> yeah. system. So so how does he move? He he can. He just can't. <laughs> well, he uses one of the other six brains. You want to? You don't get a nervous system per, <laughs> per brain. brain. Trust me. You have yeah. one nervous system. Dude, his his body his body barely makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the reason why the the best way to just explain all this off mm-hmm. is he was made by Grant Morrison. Oh, oh. <laughs> there you go. It's a comic book. Holy shit. Grand <laughs> Grand Scheme Morrison. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, at the end of these first four issues, mm-hmm. we get the final decision and uh, Wolverine thinks he has the guts to kill Apocalypse Boy. Yeah. Boy Apocalypse. Um, I thought this was fucking sick. I, I even rereading it, I thought, honestly, yeah, I thought. Even knowing what was going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. getting there was still such an adventure that I didn't even remember, you know yeah, what I mean? for nice. sure. And then there's just so much dynamics within this team already mm-hmm. because fucking Betsy has to keep Archangel at bay mm-hmm. within Warren. And then... Well, and that's what something I was going to talk on is how Rick Remender does a great job of building dynamics between everybody yeah. on this team in ways. And, you know, like, for example, is during all of this nonsense, you know, Archangel gets knocked out and we oh, see God. Deadpool dragging him around Dude, and that trying was to hilarious. help him. And then we get this ridiculous scene where he's literally feeding him flesh from his yeah. arm. He's like, mm, where are you getting this good ass meat? He's like, <laughs> if I tell you, you promise to keep eating it. They, um, he does such a good job of through so much action and controversy he's still building relationships between every single person on this team you know it could have been so easy to have like you know betty and angel as one you know yeah kind of click and then you know like wolverine and deadpool as their own little click or something you know but everybody kind of gets their time 
together interacting and, right. and even just in this first 10 issues we read i felt like we're everybody we get everybody's read on each other mm-hmm. at some point in time you know we know jean philippe is just kind of like a little uh playboy when it comes to <laughs> betsy you know he's like mm-hmm. always just kind of hitting he's on really her from trying the sidelines yeah He's really trying to fuck her. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> I thought the character dynamics are fantastic. And to reread them, that's where I was blown away is how much all the characters interact so constantly mm-hmm. throughout everything that's going on. There's, And that's where the dialogue was, I think, a little more dense than we mm-hmm. maybe remembered. And mm-hmm. where I think us being a little bit younger, maybe it was more fun, in a sense, yeah. to like, read the the quirky interactions between these characters you know seeing everybody have to bounce off deadpool's dumb ass you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i mean as much as i really did enjoy it it was a lot more conversation and like mm-hmm. getting to know these people as part or as teammates and not even just as individualities to get back into you know the parts that would probably confuse me the most were probably the whole angel archangel mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. And I didn't understand it. That they were one person. Well, no, I understood that they were one person. It was just super confusing because they would show him one way as Angel mm-hmm. and another way as Archangel. And they would yeah, just they should have shown him like hunt- transform at some point. Yeah. I mean, they do show him halfway at that one point where he's like trying to take back control but that's over it. And she's later that, that's on. way later. You know, on. that's at the end. By that point, I'm like, oh, this makes sense to why they're making it so ambiguous in the beginning. But like, yeah. It's still, it's. I guess because I have no, um, I no, guess you're right. It any is a th- any confusing. knowledge from before it, from prior mm-hmm. to the this event, then I'm just like, uh, uh, okay, yeah, let's let's go on. I guess let's he's go going. With I guess this. he's yeah. going super saiyan, you know, yeah, <laughs> super angel. <laughs> but but once you get to the end and you actually see, um, his I guess transformation, um, and he starts starts showing who who he's actually Archangel in there, yeah. It the the beginning issues make so much more sense, <laughs> and I I actually enjoyed it more. Yeah, you know, for because sure. it's it's just cool, just being like, okay, well, shit, was he Archangel yeah. or was he Angel? You know, and that's awesome. How pissed would y'all be if you saw your girlfriend training to kill your ass? I I'd I, understand. I, you'd Honestly, understand. if I have the devil in me, yeah, I'd I understand. tell Amber all the time that she's going to kill me one day, like legitimately. <laughs> so I. would I'd be understanding. I'd be like, yeah. No, I actually kind of thought it. Angel was a little irrational in that moment because he's like, and y'all didn't invite me to tag along too. It's like, why would we show you how we're planning on killing you? And then you're just going to be prepared to stop Archangel. it. it's Archangel. Yeah, he's also in there. He's always watching, you know? Yeah. God damn it. Um, I like that they had to be on the moon. Yeah. I love the, how fucking nonsense this fucking book is. Thought there's a, there's an air bubble on the moon. I like moon. It might be toxic, but apparently it's not because we all start well, running the, around. The blue space on the moon has always been breathable mm-hmm. since like Stan and Jack. Mm-hmm. But they were afraid that Apocalypse's cronies had poisoned it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're like, we need spacesuits. <laughs> um, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll finish talking about uh, Uncanny X-Force. All this Uncanny mm-hmm. X shit. Hey guys, my name's Toby Milkman, co-owner of Milkman Meats. We do all the best meats here at Milkman Meats. We we don't do milk. People always asking, we don't do milk, but we do meats. We do just about every meat you can think of. We have sandwich meat, uh, steaks, um, not milk. We don't have milk. We have Jer- jerky, uh, but uh, uh, we we're just, it's a new business, so come on down to Milkman Meats where we got it all. Um, I'm no longer talking to my brother Jeremy <laughs> since he stole the milk business from me. My father left it to me, so now I'm just doing the meats, just uh, meatballs. <laughs> um, uh, what's another meat, honey? Honey. What's another meat? Um, bacon? Uh, we haven't gotten the bacon deal just yet, but we're working on it. Not bacon. Not bacon. That's right. Okay, come on down. Come try Milkman's milk. Jeremy, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Jeremy. I'm going to kick your ass, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Why did that sound like a Rick and Morty commercial? Stop <laughs> I love I love how like you faded your voice out. 
<laughs> what are you talking oh, about? Man. Faded my voice. That was Toby. Milkman. Yeah. yeah. Toby Milkman. Mil- Mr. Milkman <laughs> faded his voice out. That was perfectly. a good commercial. Yeah, well. That was new. We only got paid $4 for that. So. Well, I mean, $4 more than I. That I, I well, four dollars. We've gotten paid more than. I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly, those milkman turkey bites we got from them were kind of bad. So, well, they but they yeah. sponsored us. So. They sp- I'm, I'm still to, waiting I'm for gonna them to get that bacon. Out, <laughs> They're not gonna get bacon. The bacon deal fell through. Um, but now we're back talking about Uncanny X Force. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the most convoluted section of this book which i'm so bummed paul damien you didn't read issue five because it was probably the best issue of the deathlock nation <laughs> yeah. book and we're talking about deathlock nation um deathlock is a cyborg hitman yeah do you know anything mm-hmm. about deathlock was um it? i mean from context of the other, <laughs> the other issue. <laughs> but you had never had any experience with deadlock you, like, you no. didn't watch agents of shield or any no. of the stuff that's ever like other stuff well, i watched real. agents of shield but like well i didn't finish it oh well he mike mike henry i think is the deathlock yeah and he's agents in episode one yeah no, it wasn't. I don't remember that. Do you know how long ago I, I watched it? That was okay. a long time ago. <laughs> um, but no, in this in this story, it's not Mike Henry. Mike Henry was made for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Gotcha. Um, this guy is a criminal that they, when he dies, they use his body to make uh, the perfect soldier is the idea. Okay. And so it's Deathlock. But this Deathlock, the criminal side of him is all dead. And so now it's just the good, sentient, noble robot. And this book made me fucking love Deathlock because literally from this point on, he's a member of their team. Mm-hmm. That's rad. Isn't that fucking well, sick? I mean, I'll go back and, <laughs> and read issue five. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so in in the world, which is that shrunk down place where yeah. the Weapons X program, a division, we should say, mm-hmm. of the Weapon X program went to go carry on the rest of their experiments, they built weapon infinity which was the deathlock program but it's all kind of like out of this current reality but also within it because it's a literal physical place that mm-hmm. phantom x can hold and yeah. it's just all this grant morris morrison type shit that rick remender pulls off pretty yeah, well absolutely it's like um, that episode of futurama where they have a universe in a box or or like uh, the bottle city of candor but if it were yeah, exactly. a universe um but yeah and so they it's very similar to like uh, shrek's ogre or uh, swamp. <laughs> His onions. Yeah, no, it's very similar to a swamp and the fact that you know it's like a very contained place, right. you know, just to one person. And I like so, how like, you, others can like. I like how we made comparisons, it. so you had to find a comparison. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's crazy or is you not. can honestly compare anything to Shrek. Yeah, yeah. And I think Shrek I mean, is. Yeah. Shrek is you know all all. So. It's because of all the layers that he has. Right. Exactly. He is like an onion. Yeah. So. But anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but no, I really think he pulled off like explaining the world yeah. pretty well mm-hmm. from you know us it having no context to what it was before and it becoming such an important element to a lot right. of the, the latter part of the story and the fact that it's kind of what everyone's fighting over mm-hmm. even beyond the Deathlock part, you know. But uh, the only thing that was kind of confusing me was that I guess the father and mm-hmm. you know and the fact that I guess that the that whole I guess people live in there. Is yeah. What it is. So the scientists. Um, he was the only one left father oh boy because phantom x talks about it not being safe to like stay in there for long periods of time and so i guess it's because of i think he has multiple reasons yeah i mean i understand him wanting to keep people out of sneaking Mm -hmm. around but yeah i was just wondering is there like a level of threat no not necessarily not necessarily that was just more him yeah creating the illusion of that yeah and so he's an illusionist um it's funny because Rick Remender does a really great job of everything he pretty much writes in the Marvel Universe is very well connected to everything else he's written in the Marvel Universe. Hmm. And so there's issues of his Secret Avengers run where they deal with the world and the father and the sister and the mother and shit like that. And so I haven't read that shit, but I would like to. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure this is something that he's built up and we just didn't get the full context of what this is exactly. Um, but I really liked all of this shit and like, uh, the mom 
Phantom X's mom oh, yeah. get killed. You didn't read that was issue sad. five. You didn't read issue five, <laughs> guys. Um, spoiler alert: that's not his only mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, he's got much. seven moms. <laughs> he's got seven he's got moms. Seven One moms. mom for every brain and every nervous system he's got. <laughs> yeah, um, I really liked um, Deadpool's interaction with uh, the father. Oh yeah, where he's like, uh, he's like, wait, no, I'm not supposed to like this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you're moving away from like loving father and into creepy Creepy uncle uncle territory. (laughs) So that's pretty good. And it's like how I guess he has the power to kind of like manipulate the people around him. The father is what Mm -hmm. it is, and so exactly, it's just like saying too far the wrong thing and it breaking the illusion. Be like, oh, that was fucking. You went too far, bro. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of where we get to see some of Phantom X's origin Mm -hmm. in there, but also we get to recruit Deathlog. And I wonder if Rick Reminder, when he was writing or like setting up this book to be written, if he was like, I really want Deathlog on the team, but he's not a mutant and doesn't really make sense. And so he had to figure out a way to put Deathlog on the team. Um, otherwise, I mean, this story is, this like little section is kind of unimportant to like the overall no, absolutely and it's kind of a bummer for me that that's the one that east rivik got to draw because yeah. you know east rivik's my boys i mean he did all the covers but mm-hmm. this was, you know he only did these three deathlock issues which look great but i yeah. kind of wish i could have seen more of his art yeah throughout maybe a different part of this you know right uh, versus so much of just like the you know let's see do deathlock spider-man and now let's do deathlock captain america yeah. you know and it's like <laughs> cool we just get to see a bunch of robot that's Avengers. another thing that we haven't mentioned. Yeah, there's uh, all the Deathlocks have taken over all of the superheroes in this alternate dimension, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I don't I know. I would just cool. I mean, it's it's a cool idea, but I just can't see it. It has to be a weak universe. I, I thought it was, it was like, yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool, but it was just kind of at the same time stupid, just because they all like would die. Yeah, when well, you, when you flick them. Well, exactly. I mean, you can yeah. you can still destroy a Deathlock. So they're like, you know, for every one we lost, they gain and gained a new soldier. I'm like, yeah, but you could just kill the ones that you're <laughs> dealing with leading up to that. Mm-hmm. It's not like it, you could. It would just be endlessly imbalanced. But what? Whatever. Deathlock um, program. I guess they can I just think, keep rebuilding the broken ones. True. I think it's a Maybe. good idea because I liked seeing it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I liked uh, Phantom X. Uh, or not Phantom X, uh, Deathlock having a Wolverine claw oh, yeah. upgrade because <laughs> yeah, he, he had the fucking like burning claws that are like magma claws because <laughs> yeah, he, he knew it was what he would need to like face like a Deadpool type. You yeah. Know? Um, how do you feel about Deadpool in this book, Paul Damien? I mean, he was fine. He wasn't like too much. That's, it. I think that's so, why I like it. This is like yeah, my favorite exactly. Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he's also not. A he doesn't have point. yeah too much of a focal point on him yeah um in the at least in these first ten issues yeah so I'm not too sure what to expect of him in the upcoming issues um but I'm I don't hate it How and did you... normally I don't like Deadpool because he's kind of overplayed mm-hmm. yeah and he's just a little too um rambunctious I guess um how did you both feel about the scene where Wolverine and Deadpool kind of have it out against each other. They're arguing a little bit. And then Warren's like, oh, every check I wrote him, he hasn't cashed. Yeah. He's doing this pro bono. It's like finding out that he he, he keeps a facade because we literally heard him talk earlier where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just here for the fucking money. Yeah. You know? And then to find out he hasn't cashed any of the checks, it's like him obviously creating mm-hmm. an appearance and then really being a more noble guy than he wants anybody to to actually know and that's the deadpool i want i don't want deadpool who wants to kill all the uh, superheroes i want the deadpool that's actually a really nice guy on the inside and hides under you know insecurities of like humor and goofiness you know and i that's a fucking because i like i think i like wade wilson more than i like deadpool and that's who i think we get to read in this a lot Mm -hmm. more versus deadpool being like the you know we even get to see him pull out the whole tent yeah yeah you know, the deadpool tent and yeah. that's like the quirkiest he can get at times but it's still done so tastefully where it's like, not like super silly you know i like before he starts feeding his arm meat to past up <laughs> archangel he fills his mouth with pop so rocks pop rocks and he's like coke. i'm gonna save you and he's like, <laughs> i was like oh does archangel just fucking die because of deadpool? <laughs> that'd been kind of awesome but I swear, like, in any other book, the he would have thrown out the fucking tent, and there would have been, like, a little unicorn butler or something that would have been like, right here, sir. And yeah. they like, oh, my God. Like, why do you all have to layer the stupidness like this, you know? <laughs> but I think it's done just right in this yeah. book. And this is probably the only Deadpool I've truly 
enjoyed. Reading. Then again, we haven't read too much Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even when it like shows up casually and stuff that I have read, I feel like it's always just kind of like, well, here's the here's the goober. There's the pop. There's that pop lock and drop. <laughs> um yeah i mean i would like to read a standalone deadpool book eventually for this podcast and it would be fun because um i'm not the biggest deadpool fan we'll do it for uh the day of the dead we'll do the day the day of the (laughs) The 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 deadpool Deadpool. so next year Mm -hmm. yeah next year year from now um Let's yeah. talk about issue nine. Issue well, nine. Well, I was, well, I was oh, just wanted okay. to also mention that the yeah. most important thing we do get out of the whole yeah, Deathlock is... bit is the final page we get yeah. in those, which is yeah. I don't know how much you paid attention to. That, I but... saw that, but I... so En Sabanur. En Sabanur is explain the panel. Okay, what the panel is is what looks like Wolverine and as pro- Weapon X. Funny enough, because it's mm-hmm. a it's a tube baby, yeah. just tube baby. That's more like a toddler. I think and it's so, yeah, eight hundred and forty seven wearing... days old at this yeah. point, and he's wearing the Weapon X helmet, and he's got the Weapon X he's helmet in, like, on. Capsule. But it says En Sabanur yeah. on it, age eight hundred and forty seven days, which is Apocalypse's name, and so oh, Phantom okay. X is obviously growing a, a new, new apocalypse inside the world and that's what he was like trying to keep everybody that's away what from I, that's in what there. i thought of but i wasn't sure because i didn't know what yeah. Sabanur was and so you know they that's what everyone you know we the deathlock are all trying to get the world that's mm-hmm. like their primary objective because something inside of it is going to destroy the world is their whole point right. they keep making and so I, it's pretty much pointing out that that's what they're actually after and is so he's this. trying to use it as like a contingency plan so it's, it's a good the, the rest of this series is that's the underlining backbone is okay. like what the fuck is phantom x doing with the baby apocalypse with the baby with the baby latest on the men god damn it <laughs> <laughs> that's what i meant to press Wonderful. But yeah so um, we can talk about yeah uh yeah let's nine. talk about the last three issues because i mean w- Issue kind of all eight. over the place a little bit. Well, yeah. issue eight and issue mm-hmm. ten have a lot to do with each other, and then issue nine is just for some reason smacked right in the middle. Which, of it. which I really enjoyed because I feel like if you wanted somebody to pick up Uncanny X Force, mm-hmm. you could probably just give them this issue, even though it has nothing to do <laughs> with anything else. Mm-hmm. You can give them this issue and and probably give a disclaimer like, "Hey, this is just an interesting issue to read, but this might get them into." reading the rest so of it, you, you really know? liked issue nine i huh? really did um it was like we were talking about it earlier mm-hmm. it was extremely easy to read through because yeah. there's very 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 <laughs> very 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 little dialogue yeah. in it. it's almost like rick remender blew his load yeah he was like uh, in the first I, like, I feel like he wanted to give everyone a break yeah. Yeah. Like, i need to like a... put an issue out this month mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no it's a you know the story it's a magneto I guess he, it starts off with him getting um, a note a from note. Dr. Nemesis, which, yeah, yeah, Dr. Nemesis and Neymar in the beginning of this book. And for anyone ever is probably like, I don't know who the fuck these men are. Or, and if that is Namor, I don't know why the fuck he's there. Yeah. Why is he here? <laughs> I was yeah. like, that doesn't even look like Namor, but that's, I know that's Namor. It's just weird. I'll see if it's Namor. And then he says Namor. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, go on. So he gets a note from Dr. Nemesis. Yeah. And you you find out later what the note actually is. Um, mm-hmm. It was, I guess, the location of the Nazi general that yeah. tortured him and shit. Yeah. Um, and so he goes to the Uncanny, uncanny X-Force and then he essentially goes straight to Wolverine. Yeah. And just like, stares yeah. at him with his baby blues. Yeah. Dude. With the abnormally large helmet. <laughs> his helmet's a little too big for his head. <laughs> Dude, and then Wolverine just telling him, like, we're not assassins. And just seeing him say, like, please do this for me. God damn it, Kenny's showing the panel of him, of him, like, about to cry. That part actually got me. Really? Because I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. Like, this is something that Magneto, as powerful as he, as he is, were, like, both, like, physically powerful mm-hmm. and, like, mentally powerful. Like, this is a real breaking point for him. This is a yeah. p- something that he will never let go. Even after this dude's dead, he's not going to let this go, you know? So, just seeing that and having him portray that so well mm-hmm. in these illustrations is fucking beautiful. And so, I really I really did like this issue specifically. And then you see Wolverine go with the samurai sword specifically. Yeah. Which just, you know, that's just honor. 
So that's yeah. what it is, huh? It's honor. I was like, he's got well, six he kills him in perfect little samurai way. swords mm-hmm. yeah. in his knuckles. Why he take the sword? And yeah, I guess you're right. It's like it's for an honorable kill, which yeah. does a Nazi deserve? But um... exactly, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it, I I thought it was really cool. Um, and this so. I, I loved how they have that precursor of like just him telling Wolverine, like, just wait until your enemies come for you. Mm-hmm. And so, or victims yeah. come oh, yeah. for you. So I'm hoping that that happens in the issue. It's that like we foreshadowing, read. Yeah, almost. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually. <laughs> things, things pay off. Uh, okay, good. I'm excited. This book is endlessly fucking sick. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go back to Betsy and Warren. And issues eight and ten. Um, mm-hmm. So we know that Betsy, who is Psylocke, she has psychic powers. Yeah, she's we haven't talked about her pretty at much all. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is struggling with having to keep Archangel at bay within Warren mm-hmm. because Archangel is something evil, and Warren's trying to do something good, and he can only really kill these. People, the strike team only really works if he's able to kill. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that's why Archangel exists um, for this book. Yeah, um, <clears throat> issues eight and nine, eight specifically, or eight and ten. Sorry, eight specifically. Uh, Psylocke is helping Arch or Warren kind of cage, cage the beast. the angel. Yeah. yeah, and that's what we're really trying to see here is like how they're going off of each other. I think this is even where we get the Deadpool and Wolverine fight where Warren's like, oh, he hasn't cashed any of those I think checks. that's way earlier. Oh, it is? Lie. Okay. Yeah. Um, regardless, you, you know. Wanna, the only reason I know is because you said Ribic and his uh, reaction face because we did yeah. that classic. It, that. Was, it, was, it, it must have been issue five <laughs> because <laughs> Paul Damien didn't know what I was talking about when I mentioned exactly. it earlier. <laughs> yeah, it probably yeah. was. Exactly. Um, I want to talk about those issues real quick. Isad Ribic, sure, he he penciled it, but he didn't ink it or mm-hmm. color it. And so it, did, it didn't feel fully Isad Ribic. I agree you know? with that. Mm-hmm. Enti- if anything, I think once we get to the Billy Tan and mm-hmm. uh, Dean White stuff, it feels kind of a, little, a little more Isad Ribic because we get those more harsh yeah. lines and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Those brush strokes. Billy Tan's art... It, even though this book has three different artists right here in these first 10 issues, it all fits together. It feels really consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Billy Tan is drawing primarily most of these last three issues. I think he has a co artist on the 10th issue. Oh, okay. Um, but regardless, uh, yeah, issue eight, we see that, you know, Warren is finally trying to cage the animal. Mm-hmm. And then the shadow king the worst thing that could come (laughs) shows up shadow king is introduced and he's like oh hold up i want to fuck with y'all and so issue 10 we see the shadow king kind of unleash the archangel Mm -hmm. within warren how did you guys feel about all this stuff that was happening i thought it was very well done i actually really enjoyed it um issue eight specifically towards the end Mm -hmm. well at the end where archangel kills the guy going for the button yeah and then Wolverine comes up to him being like, I'm sure there was nothing else you could have done. Yeah. And it's fuck. like, fuck, dude. Wolverine's <laughs> just giving, giving him the huge benefit of a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason Wolverine's probably doing that is because he would want somebody to go up to him. And, and probably him, do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, do the same right. thing. Just it's be like, like there's it's nothing like, else you could have done. You know, it's like sympathy for the killer from the killer. Yes, exactly. Oh man, that's so fucking good, Paul Davian. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, when we see that Warren's unleashed and he mm. kills that man, the soldier, it's like, yeah, Wolverine's like, I, it's all right, buddy. You got it. You know. Yeah. And it's like, damn, dude. I love Wolverine as a team leader. Yes. Yeah. Especially of a team leader of of killers. You know what I mean? Definitely. Because he's the most conflicted killer in a way. Dude, know? at the same time, he's an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Dude, when we read Uncanny Avengers, which we're going to read pretty soon, it plays pretty Ooh. heavily into this kind of idea, this kind of dichotomy. God, that means that it, fucking any time the Wolverine's in a fight, he's either having going, I can kill, I can kill, I can kill, or don't kill, don't kill, don't yeah. kill, don't kill, don't kill, don't yeah. kill. <laughs> he's like, which costume am I wearing? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> am I covered in blood? <laughs> Do I have blood on me? Am I wearing black and gray or am I wearing the big bright yellows? You know? <laughs> God, okay, I can only it. punch him. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> is Uncanny Avengers before or after? After this. It's after X-Force? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, specifically, I want to read 11 through 18 before we go to Uncanny Avengers because mm-hmm. there's some cool stuff that comes back from those issues Okay. in Uncanny Avengers. All written by Rick Remender, by the way. Okay. Because Rick Remender, like I said, he's got his own like mini-verse within the Marvel Universe. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, these last three issues, we see all of this shit. The Shadow King is like... Uh, and we really get to see Psylocke kind of shine yeah, as a warrior. Yeah, for sure. Yes. I had someone asking me about her, and I was like, she's basically Jean Grey if she could actually kick ass in all the ways. I was well, like, she's like a battle-trained... You know, she, where where Jean Grey... Where Psylocke loses her telepathy, or not telepathy, but... Temp, temp, what is the Telekinesis? Word? Tele- no, telepathy. It is yeah. telepathy. Where... She's weaker in telepathy. She's stronger in, in actual in physical combat. Exactly. But I even think her telepathy is obviously very powerful. It's she not nearly as powerful. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, like Professor X and Jean Grey are like yeah. to- the top tier, you know, but I have to believe she's not too far in the ranks below them. I think know, Emma Frost is even stronger than her. Oh, really? Yeah. But Emma Frost is also pretty fucking. Yeah, Emma Frost. Because I, yeah. I can imagine Psylocke, ha- I, they kind of mentioned that she has to be within like a certain range. Yeah, for sure. To yeah. control you, and I can imagine that fucking Jean Grey could be on another planet, especially you. with yeah. the Phoenix Force, for yeah. fucking sure. sure. Yeah, exactly. So I guess there are she has more limitations to her power, but I, we do see her use it in a lot of pretty powerful ways. I feel mm-hmm. like throughout this comic book, you know, controlling war, um, you know, yeah. ba- turning off people's ears so that the drummer doesn't affect to them. You know, I thought there was a lot of that cool that stuff she cool, did. Yeah. That she uses her telepathy in very creative mm-hmm. ways very similar to how phantom x is obviously also kind of like a telepath, telepath in the way mm-hmm. he can create these illusions they both have to use them in more creative ways than just being able to be like oh i can just sh- turn your fucking brain off if i want to you know but i always like that she gets has to get the little pink uh butterfly, butterfly effect around her head and, <laughs> and sometimes the person she's affecting will even yeah. get it you know yeah. i just thought all that was a badass and i i like a comic book that has psylocke as yeah. kind of a front-running, you know, female I agree. Uh, mutant because she doesn't, I think, get enough screen time in the ways that she deserves, you know? I think she's definitely more of like an ass shot X-Men yes. than like getting <laughs> right. her, her day in the light of being an actual badass warrior. And so I think we really get that in Do you know any this. of her history? She's a Braddock, right? So, yes, yeah. but this body that she's using is not hers. Her original body? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's why wow. she's Japanese and all of her brothers and sisters are all British, pure British, and she's full blood Braddock. And the reason why is when her body was dying, she sent her consciousness into this other mutant. I don't remember her name, mm-hmm. but more recently in the recent X Men books, they finally divided them. Oh. Betsy got her own body back, and shows, wow. so she's a white british woman with purple hair holy shit and then psylocke the body got her own body back and now she's like an assassin or holy something. shit so what was the other mutant's powers i don't remember and, and i don't remember her being name. a body bag I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no was, i mean it was it was because like she was introduced as you know a white woman because it would be cool if psylocke could use both of their powers mm-hmm. i think you know? she kind of can Okay. Yeah. So the the thing is, I think a lot of that psionic energy, the purple stuff, was kind of built into the Japanese woman. Got you. I wish I could remember. Her so it's name. like the telepathy part is Betsy, and the mm-hmm. more psionic building, making the blades and shit is yeah. more. Uh, we'll call her Psylocke. Yeah. Yeah. Just call her Psylocke. It, it, that's perfect because I think even right now Betsy Braddock goes by Captain Britain. So she is Captain Britain while Psylocke is just Psylocke. There was one character we did get introduced to this that I Quanin? was going to ask about. Quanin, yeah. Quanin that's her is name. her name? Yeah. Which was Jamie Braddock? Jamie Braddock like is her, her other brother. Her crazy jumping around in his <laughs> underpants brother? What the fuck? Do you know? What? He probably lost his mind or something. Okay. Pre- but he was more recently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. He was more recently Captain Britain bef- after even Brian. Yeah. But Brian is now. Or was at least for this. I think they're time. both dead now, for sure. But oh, poor Brian. <laughs> Remember in uh, Hickman's Avengers or Hickman New Avengers? Yeah, Hickman. Um, fucking sounds like a hero. Brian Braddock had the eye patch and the big ass mm-hmm. beard. And dude, was, I fucking love him dude, so he, much. He's so dope like that, dude. How everybody looked in that Hickman yeah. run is fucking sick. Because <sighs> it was like shit. literally, he knew he was writing the end of the world, so he's like. I'm just going to make them all Mad Max Fury. Yeah, everyone can look stoic and badass <laughs> and like they're on their last fucking leg. God damn it. Um, but yeah, so as a collective, these 10 issues, 11 issues, 
Paul Damien, how do you feel? Did you feel maybe it was a little too wordy? Did you feel like it was a little too dense? Oh, yeah, and then the big, obviously, final reveal. Ken, you want to speak on it? No, go for it. Uh, they have to break someone out of prison. Out of a, I guess he was being transported for some reason. Yes. And it's revealed to be Dark Beast from the Age of Apocalypse universe. Yeah. And they, they break him out because Phantom X is an illusionist, basically. Yeah. The, which Phantom well, X makes me question a lot of stuff in the comic. Yeah, like, that's fair. Is this really happening? Yeah. Um, but the, that's a good question, Kenny. They're breaking him out because um, they want his help fixing Archangel. Right. That's right. And they have to go back to the Age of Apocalypse. He's like, I have a life seed, but in my universe, so we got to go over there. He also informs him that Archangel is beginning his ascension to the next apocalypse. Yeah, so he's going to become the heir. He's the next apocalypse. And it's almost like Phantom X could just be like, no, I got the heir. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Actually. (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing about uh, anyone who doesn't know Phantom X. He has a French accent. Uh, because he likes mm-hmm. to have a French accent. I like that they kind of pick at him. He pretends to be French, yeah. yeah. They call him a faux Frenchman at yeah. one point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this book's so good. The dialogue is great. The camaraderie between all these characters yes. is fantastic. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the best teams I've ever read, and I mean that genuinely. Like you, I've read a team lot of... Team Dynamics, Well, for yeah, sure. Team Dynamics. I've mm-hmm. read multiple Avengers books. You know, I've read mm-hmm. other X-Men reads, um, and I just feel like you don't always get so much dynamic within all of the characters it can turn a little more clicky you know what mm-hmm. i mean where it's like these two have a lot of relationship where these two have a lot of right. relationship and then they all just kind of come together in a big story where this i feel like even just these first 10 issues everybody has a very well drawn out relationship on who they are to each other and how they feel about yeah. each other you know and the um, team doesn't stop now we we just got deathlock on the team and more people are to come we just got dark Ooh. beast on the team technically well, yeah. for a little while yeah. you know so yeah we got we got a lot of adventures ahead, and there's so much I did remember about this, but a ton more I didn't. So I'm excited for the things that I don't, uh, the adventures. Because I did, honestly, I didn't remember any of the Deathlock shit. That oh, was something really? I had forgotten altogether. God, yeah. I love that shit. For some reason, I love that Deathlock shit. Really? I don't know why. <laughs> I just fucking do. I think it's so fucking weird and cool. Instead of Marvel Zombies, it's Marvel Cyborgs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <Basically>. exactly. <laughs> for sure. Zombies. Yeah. I remember the the deathlock thing and i was like dude that looks dope you know just deathlock fucking uh hawkeye and he still has like the fins on his head yeah. and everything mm-hmm. you know i don't know it's just it's so goofy and where weird was to where me. was deathlock iron man you fuck him i like that make God fucking David. sense would it be tony without his helmet <laughs> on you know like i like the the deathlock archangel yeah and it had, how it had that fucking turbine <laughs> yeah, of it, yeah. it looked like fucking vulture from the yes, it, it looked like a combination <laughs> of archangel and vulture <laughs> but how did you feel about it did you feel like this was far more dense than you wanted it to be yes uh the only reason though is because um like i've mentioned before i didn't have very much to go on going into this. Yeah, that's fair. So, like, I I wanted to read something X-Men because I've never really gotten a chance to read mm-hmm. anything X-Men. Uh, um, but I didn't expect to jump into what felt like... Um, the fucking the middle, end. yeah, the the middle of a thousand page story or something. That's, that's what it feels like sometimes, you know? And it's so. crazy because Rick Remender did not write this these characters mm-hmm. before this book yeah mm-hmm. this is the first he's, this team is together for yeah. reading he's but, kind of putting together a bunch of pieces from a bunch of different runs and a bunch of things that just ended and he's like how can i make this make sense for what i want to tell but if i had been reading those comics all the time <laughs> yeah dude this would be fucking phenomenal so yeah i agree I, I actually regardless of the fact that i was a little thrown off with the first like five issues mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was still really good, su- still really di- digestible. I yeah. mean, even for someone who had absorbed all this story before, it I felt like it took me a minute to get the ball rolling mm-hmm. in those yeah. first five issues or so. I mean, especially, you know, the fifth issue. That yeah, was pretty important. I don't for know the what reason. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but exactly once I felt like I got the team dynamics again and was really back into it, the, la- the last half of the read was not only significantly less dialogue to have to deal with, mm-hmm. but was still, I was like in it now. Yeah. You know there's, I mean? there's a part of me that believes that's going to carry over to the next few issues. I agree. So 
You hear you heard it here first, folks. Slurpy good. Um, come back next <laughs> Uncanny week. Good. Uncanny good. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about Uncanny X Force eleven through eighteen. Continued. Woo! This is the first time we've done this. Week to week, back to back. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were gonna do like fucking like We probably should have done something. What? I'm gonna say something to you right now that I've never said to another living soul in my life. <laughs> we probably should have done this for Akita, you know, but uh, oh, true, yeah, done. split it up a little bit. But yeah, I, I think. Oh, I might have finished it. Yeah. <laughs> we did give us two weeks to read it. But. True, yeah. Uh, um, I think <laughs> next time, I think that we are going to return to Akita at some point. Um, Fair enough. Good, good call. Bringing it up, we have to bring it up every, yeah, every episode. episode. Exactly. We have to oh, bring up son of a Akira. bitch. That's why you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> so come so. back next week. Come back this Friday. We're going to mm-hmm. be talking about Bong Joon Ho's first movie, Memories of Murder. Uh, come back. Yeah, find out about all them the murders. We'll uh, see y'all then, or we'll see you on another time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye. Get out of here. You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs>